0: Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and man, do we have some football to talk about today. Namely, Kendra Miller landed on the NFI list yesterday. Bill Belichick is reportedly on the hot seat, and we've had some updates to the Matthew Stafford trade rumors, plus many more news stories to talk about. So why don't we go ahead, sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. And of course, before we get going, I want to shout out everyone in the chat. Everyone's tuning in. Thanks for popping in the notorious Jay. Thanks for popping in, Dylan. Good morning to you guys and everyone else who has not said a thing yet. Let's go ahead and talk about this because I think this is the funniest tweet I've seen in my entire life. In my entire life, this is the funniest tweet I have ever seen. Yesterday, Le'Veon Bell tweeted out Disney, a long time ago, taught me a valuable lesson about sticking together. Go watch A Bug's Life. It'll put in perspective the running back market. The running backs are the ants. I'm Flick, the inventive ant. I took all the damage from the grasshoppers, the owners. What an analogy. What what a hilarious analogy from Le'Veon Bell. This was not on my 2023 bingo card. Le'Veon Bell comparing the current running back markets to A Bug's Life. The 1998 Disney film. <laughs> so funny, so bizarre, but I guess he's right in a way. <laughs> in a way, maybe, you know, like he's the one who was like the first kind of franchise tag holdout running back guy, but I, I don't know if it's as, uh, I think A Bug's Life is more of a commentary on capitalism and the working class, not really about the, the NFL running back market. But anyway. I don't know what Le'Veon was smoking last night, but perhaps we need him on wake and take. <laughs> what a what a tweet! All right, let's let's talk about before we get into all the other news. I want to just we had some new uniforms come out yesterday, so check out these sleek white browns uniforms. They've got the white helmet, the brown and orange stripes going around. Good little uniform, great color scheme. You love to see it. They're of course ripping off the all white Bengals jersey. Tad bit, but, you know, still looks cool. I'm a fan of these all-white uniforms that are coming out with kind of the popping colors. I think that it's a cool way the NFL is moving. And the Vikings also released their throwback uniforms. They are back to the classic Vikings with the extra stripes on the shoulder, the stripes going down the pants, and kind of a little bit more muted purple. Very cool. Very nice to see. You guys know I'm a uniform sucker. Um, but let's talk about actual football news now. That That's what's come out injuries are upon us they are finally here of course we know that Kendra Miller landed on the NFI list but there's more to that as well rumors are coming out that Isaiah Pacheco might land on that as well but of course Pup because it was an injury sustained last season he should be fine Kendra Miller should be fine it's just kind of protocol but also Giants placed linebacker Gerard Davis on season ending IR after he had surgery on a knee injury that he sustained in spring practices so the first player of this offseason to go ahead and lose their season based on an injury that happened has hit, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come. So brace yourself. Injuries are coming. So I brought up Kendra Miller. Yes, he landed on the NFI list for the Saints yesterday because of the meniscus and MCL injury he sustained against Michigan in the college football playoffs. The Saints are optimistic that he will be activated by the time the season rolls around. The way this works is it isn't like the pup list where if you land on it on week one of the NFL season, you have to miss a certain amount of time. This is just at some point they can activate him really whenever. It's just they're holding him out of the training camps and everything. That would be the same case for Isaiah Pacheco. If that if that does happen to him, I think both of these running backs would end up being activated by week one based on what we're hearing, based on what Kendra Miller's saying, Uh, and in Isaiah Pacheco's case, just based on Pacheco being an absolute dog. But this is, of course, something to monitor, and we will continue to monitor. In Kendra Miller's case in particular, he had received so much value influx because of the Alvin Kamara potential suspension. If Kendra Miller misses time to begin the year, then he's not going to see really the field at all because by the time Alvin Kamara is unsuspended, he'll be back. Kendra Miller will be returning, but Alvin Kamara will be there. So uh, definitely important to keep your eye on. This means that Jamal Williams is probably going to see a ton of volume if if both Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara are out. So I just want to give some advice in terms of the trade market and everything. I would say that this is probably a good buying opportunity for Kendra Miller and probably a good selling opportunity opportunity for jamal williams yes jamal williams scores touchdowns and all of that but i just don't know if he can actually be super sustainable as a full bell cow running back and i feel like you're going to be kind of looking more at like a brian robinson type thing where it's plenty of carries but nothing more than like 60 70 yards and maybe a touchdown sprinkled in this is a time where you can actually get pretty good value for jamal williams because people are hyping him up now with this news and in Kendra Miller's case, people are hyping him down or unhyping him, if you will, because of this news, which provides a buying slash selling window uh, for these players. So that that's something I would keep in mind. I feel like that's a great, a great piece of advice there. You know, When you see value changes, you've got to capitalize on it, regardless of how you care about the player and all of that. The value for Kendra Miller's gone down, buy him. The value for Jamal Williams has gone up significantly, sell him. It's as simple as that Notorious Jay says, buy the Kendra dip. Go for it. Go for it. Because it is looking like he will be activated by week one and everything will be fine. This is just a precautionary move. And I see down here also, generic Prince season. Baby, let's effing go. This is so true. I love myself some generic Prince. As you guys know, a few months ago, I did an undrafted free agent episode trying to find some value. And he was one I've highlighted. I even tweeted out a few weeks ago, I've got a great gut feeling on generic Prince. The Saints like third string running back just for some reason seems to become fantasy relevant year in, year out. You've got both the Williamses, you had Kareem Hunt his rookie season, you had Isaiah Pacheco slash Jarek McKinnon last year. Just something to keep your eye on for sure. Let's move on as we have had some updates on the Matthew Stafford trade rumors. Actually, the Rams COO, Kevin Demoff, came out. He went on the Athletics 11 personnel and said, this is not true. We did not try to trade Matthew Stafford or redo his deal uh the quote itself these conversations frustrated me because i think it's trying to inject narratives that aren't there i know there are reports that we tried to trade matthew we were not actively trying to trade him it's just not the case uh and he continues to go on he's a pillar of the team we value him highly if someone sent us a ridiculous trade package you probably would have listened at least but to us he's important And he also went on to say that the, you know, the contract situation was brought up and people said that that was, um, you know, part of the reason is they wanted to get out from under this contract. And um, but no, this is what he said on that. There were no discussions about with Matthew about restructuring his contract. We knew what was on it, but because it was unguaranteed, we could have walked away with zero money. We could have just released him if we wanted to restructure. We could have. But we didn't because we believe in Matthew. We're committed to Matthew. And we view last year as an anomaly for a number of reasons. If that doesn't spark confidence into Matthew Stafford, I don't know what will. I think that. He's a fantastic value right now. We're only one year removed from him being a top five fantasy football quarterback. You've got Cooper Cup coming back. They've been bringing in some extra wide receiver help, even if they're not the biggest names. Of course, they drafted Puka Nakua. Van Jefferson may finally be something. We'll see, right? I mean, there's so many moving pieces. Cam Akers ended the year strongly. So if he's back, then this offense will be clicking again. Um, Matthew Stafford seems to be the answer. And Notorious J makes a great point. If Matthew Stafford isn't good, then the Rams can probably go get themselves some Caleb Williams. But I don't really think that is the case. I do think that Matthew Stafford is good and he's fine. Obviously, last year he had the injuries that he tried to play through and then just couldn't. Those injuries are healed now. He'll be fine. Dylan points out, I doubt Sean McVay wants to rebuild even though they need to. And this is true as well. Like they they want to win, they still view this division as competitive enough and they view themselves as a playoff team. I mean, they would literally won the Super Bowl so recently. Like you can't just walk away from that. Most of the pieces are still there. Uh, actually probably not. It's kind of a skeleton of that roster, but still you've still got Stafford and Akers and McVay and Aaron Donald. So anyway, Stafford was not going to be traded. They didn't want to. The Rams still view him as a pillar you can probably draft him with confidence and be fine. Next up, another report has come out, and you know this offseason here at Player Profiler in particular, we have been burning Bill Belichick because he has just not done a good job since Tom Brady has left. Well, the New York Post reports that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston went on the Rich Eisen show on Monday, and said, you talk about avoiding the hot seat, Rich. He's on the hot seat. And he's been there at different levels of warmth since 2019. And he, and Rich Eisen was like, what, really? And he was like, look at it this way. In 2019, Tom Brady wanted a two-year deal, uh, and it didn't really happen. It was on the table. It was more of a team-friendly option. And then he talks about how Uh, Basically, the Patriots didn't have a contingency plan for when Tom Brady left. Uh, Obviously, they had Cam Newton, which was a failure. Mac Jones had a good rookie year, but then completely failed last year because of Bill Belichick's uh, naivety, uh, confidence even, just basically thinking that he can run it without Tom Brady and just went with Matt Patricia, one of his guys, and Joe Judge, one of his guys, absolutely sucked. So Kraft is upset. The quote from that is, Kraft has pointed out a number of times, I'm anxious, I want results, and he's not getting them. We'll see, right? I mean, I don't think that Bill Belichick's going to be fired if he doesn't win a playoff game. That's kind of the big speculation is that the front office wants them to win a playoff game. I do still find that a little unrealistic. I think if the Patriots at least look good and at at the very least better than what they looked last year then Bill Belichick will be fine. He's, of course, tainting his legacy the further and further he goes on without getting back to what he once was. But still, he's one of the greatest defensive minds in this sport, one of the greatest football minds. It's just a really struggling offense, and his general managing has started to become a true, true issue for this team. I do want to say I can't fault him for no contingency plan regarding Tom Brady's absence. He did have a plan for that. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to stay with the team. That was his plan. And Robert Kraft told him, no, you can't do that. So it's not really his fault. You know, I mean, like he could have probably done something better than Cam Newton, but I think that was a fun gamble given what could have happened. So I don't know. I don't want to ride off the Bill Belichick seat yet. I do think he's still a good coach. Of course, that's not a hot take it's just definitely worrisome and the organization is definitely anxious and it's understandable but i do believe that since the division is so tough since the afc in itself is so tough that all the patriots are looking for is probably an above 500 season and just looking like a competent football team again and then bill belichick will be totally fine but if he can't do that we could be looking at only one two more years of him And he, I mean, I would imagine Bill Belichick retires over getting fired. I feel like that would probably be the conversation. Robert Kraft would probably call him into his office and be like, look, man, you're not doing what we want you to do. We would like to let you go. And Bill would just be like, no, 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 no. Just let me retire. Let me walk away, you know, given his age. But yeah, that's the situation that's going on right now. The Patriots, there's some anxiety around here. Let's see. What are you guys saying about this? I guess the Brady versus Belichick value argument is over. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, but yesterday, um, Asante Samuel uh, had a clip come out. It was a little TikTok come out where he talked about his time in New England and said, I was there. It was all Tom Brady. Well, Belichick was a good coach, but Tom Brady was the one putting all the pieces together and firing up that locker room, keeping the guys in check and all of that. And I mean, we saw that again in Tampa when he went there. Just an absolute leader in the locker room as well as on the football field. So it probably was Tom Brady. And yeah, Asante kind of torched Bill Belichick. Granted, Asante had his ego hurt a couple weeks ago. So I think he's just trying to get back into the media limelight a little bit because he was talking about how he's better than Darrell Rivas saying he should be in the Hall of Fame and all this stuff. And people are kind of blasting him. I love Asante Samuel. I really do. That was kind of a huge piece. I was a Patriots fan, childhood, growing up, watching every single game. And Asante Samuel was one of my favorite players. So I do like him and I do view him as a really good cornerback. Maybe not a Hall of Famer, unfortunate, unfortunately. But yeah, it looks like Tom Brady is definitely the the answer to what really kept the Patriots together. But, I mean, it's also probably a mixture of both, right? I mean, again, Bill Belichick was still a really, really good coach, and Brady was good at everything Bill Belichick wasn't, and it was just a perfect, perfect puzzle piece coming together. I think that's it in terms of, like, kind of big news stories, but I have a fun one for you guys. A very, very fun one. USFL MVP Alex Magoo has signed with the Green Bay packers he won two usfl championships with the usfl stallions and has some dual threats he's played with the seahawks the jaguars and the texans he was drafted into the nfl in 2018 didn't of course get anything going he played for florida international had okay stats no season with 3,000 yards was an okay rusher 60 something percent completion percentage throughout his years 84th percentile 40 yard dash Last year with USFL, and keep in mind this is only a 10-game season, so these stats are pretty decent, 2,104 yards, 200 passing touchdowns, 400 rushing yards, and 5 rushing touchdowns. Pretty good, pretty exciting. The Packers needed the backup quarterback help, and I mean, if Jordan Love fails... I wouldn't mind seeing what Alex Magoo can do. I'm a big fan of these storylines. I mean, we saw Taylor Heineke have some success. We've seen PJ Walker look okay, right? I mean, these guys, even if they're coming from lesser leagues, still can usually do something. And guess what, guys? I've compiled highlights for Alex Magoo because I was like, I was confused. I never really got into the USFL or anything. I have I have way too much information to take in for the NFL. So I didn't even really know this was going on. But So when I saw this happened, I looked up Alex Magoo highlights and here they are look at that spin move getting out of the pocket this was a first and 15 ended in a 17 yard or a third and 15 ended in a 17 yard run for a first down there's another clip right after this he's going back in the pocket scrambling out right running around to his left avoiding pressure On the run, absolutely chucks it perfectly into the receiver's hands for 50 yards, and he drops it. But what a pass from him. And that's not the first time we've seen an absolute monster pass. Here's another one in a preseason game against the Seahawks. A 60-yard touchdown pass while rolling out. Just absolutely insane. I'm going to play that one more time because it was just a rocket of a throw. Look at that. And finally, here's just a little bit of a run, showing what he can do on the ground. It's a read option. He goes out left, hurdles a guy, breaks a tackle, and spins into the end zone for a touchdown. It's like a 15, 20-yard run. Alex Magoo, looking like a good player, to me, just seems like an absolute baller, and you love that. From a football perspective, so I'm excited to see what he can do and if he ever gets an opportunity at the next level. You're in crazy deep super flex leagues. Why not roster him seems fun to roster you love a good story right regardless of what actually happens sometimes it's just fun to have fun. Let's see, any, yeah, see, look, okay, he's got a little juice in that arm, says Notorious J. This is so true. <laughs> it's so true. Like, those throws were pretty good. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I just want to see what happens. I really, really do. Do we have any questions? Do we have any questions? Someone on Instagram says Thomas the Goat, but he went to a Stack Tampa team. I mean, this is true, but he really did bring them over the top and everything and lock them in to get that Super Bowl. Uh, I don't see any questions anywhere, so fellas, ladies, thank you for tuning in. This was another fun episode of The Wake and Take. I hope to see you all tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube channel, 10 a.m. Eastern. I hope you all have a fantastic, fantastic Wednesday and rest of your week. I'm Jason. This was Wake and Take. You guys were a fantastic audience. Have a fantastic day. Peace.